When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is New Year's Eve, Friday, December 31st, so let us be among the first to wish you a happy new year. Hope that you have a happy, healthy, safe New Year's Eve and are ready for a New Year's Day weekend that is just absolutely jam-packed with football goodness. Depending on when you're listening to this, you maybe still have the college football playoff ahead of you, the New Year's Six games that we always are uh, accustomed to, and then a full slate of NFL on Sunday and then Monday cap it off with uh, what will almost certainly be Ben Roethlisberger's last game at Heinz Field. So uh, a whole lot of football goodness ahead of us these next few days. And it is also the last episode of this version of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast for the season. So let's jump in. I am Michael Beller, of course. I've got Zach Jackson here with me. Unfortunately, no Vic Tafer unavailable for this episode. So Zach, you and me bringing it home for the Friday gambling edition of uh, TAFFP. How you doing? Good to have you back. Um, I'm not Thank as you. good as last week when I was victory lapping the hell out of my five and zero mark. Quite frankly, <laughs> yep. um, and then I fought to three and two, which is what it's been all year. You know, it's it's just hard mm-hmm. in this game. So, um, looking at this list, I this week I just think it's really hard, right? Yep. Like the, the lines are tight. They're the the number of games that really mean something to both teams, right? Is not mm-hmm. certainly um, a huge number. And you still got COVID, you still got motivation, there's a lot of guessing involved. So, um, you know, it's better to be lucky than good. I've always said that, Michael. That is definitely true. It is good to be back. And hey, I mean, if someone would have told us way back in August when we started this that uh, we would both have a shot at closing out a profitable season in Week 17, I think we both would have signed up for that and said, sure, we'll take it, knowing that we needed a good Week 17 to finish profitable. And that's exactly where you and I stand here. You are 38 and 36 going into Week 17. I am 33 and 32. So we both can have a profitable season with a good Week 17. Vic, we unfortunately cannot say the same for our friend. 32 and 42, and we do have five picks for him. Let me just rattle those off really quickly since he's not here. Bills minus 14.5 over the Falcons. Giants plus 6.5 over the Bears. Colts minus 6.5 over the Raiders. Rams minus 4.5 over the Ravens. And Browns minus 3 over the Steelers. Those are Vic's five picks for this week. Zach, I'm feeling good, man. I, I think we can... I mean, what, 3-2 and will do it for you. 3-2 and two will give you a profitable season. I think 41-38 and 38 yeah, will maybe not just barely. quite be enough for you. Just barely. And so I probably need a 4-1 and one to go profitable, but I'm feeling good. I think we can do this. I think we can do this, man. Low expectations have always been my favorite kind of expectations, Michael. So. Uh, it's beautiful. All right, man. Well, let's jump in. We, uh, we've we got a couple of crossover picks, at least in terms of the games that we're talking about. We don't actually have any crossover picks in terms of the picks we're making, but we do have some where you and I are both making a pick from the same game. I want to start with one of those Dolphins and Titans getting together this week. And what's a pretty big game for both of these AFC playoff contenders. It is in Tennessee. The Titans are three and a half point favorites. The total 
39 and a half, and it's a total heavy week for you. Four of your five picks are on a total, be it over or under. This is one of those four. What do you got in Titans, Dolphins, total 39 and a half? Yeah, you know, I took a long look at the Titans, Michael. That probably would have been number six for me, Titans laying three and a half. But the reason I went with under here um, is did you see that Dolphins offense, right? Have you seen that Dolphins offense? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Mike Vrabel does a really good job, and, and credit to the Titans organization for the way that they have pieced things together and continue to, to stay afloat and, and really thrive in some spots without Derrick Henry. The defense has really stepped up. They're playing a style um, that, that shortens the game. I, I just think they look at this game – Obviously, you know both teams are chasing playoffs, and, and the Titans are really still in it for everything, right? Yeah. Uh, they need this win. I, I think they hold the, di- the the Dolphins to 16 or 17. I think they win ugly. I don't think they're capable of getting to 24. So I'm going to stay under 39.5, even though that's a hard one to go under. I just think th- these two teams' styles are conducive to it staying under. Yeah, I, I, That's the way I would go if I was going to play the total uh, because of exactly what you said. These two teams both sort of are forced to play in games that can't quite get into the 40s with the way that they're constructed right now. So I like that. I'm actually going the other way on the line, though. I, I'll take the Dolphins plus three and a half for my first pick. This is by far way more of a negative Titans pick than a positive Dolphins pick. I just think you look at this Titans team, and even with A.J. Brown back, I just don't feel like this is a team that is worthy of being favored by more than a field goal against a competent team with something to play for. And the Dolphins have proved that they are that sort of team over these last two months on a seven-game winning streak going into this game. This is still a Titans team that even with A.J. Brown back, the offense is totally built on Derrick Henry. It's built on getting him going and getting big plays out of him and grinded out yards out of him and then living on play action getting Ryan Tannehill out of the pocket and moving, and they just have been missing that element of their game without Derrick Henry. It's it's totally fine for them if they can get Henry back in the playoffs because they're going to the playoffs. This is going to be a playoff team, and so they've been able to weather it in such a way that will still make them, I think, a dangerous team come playoff time, but that is not who they are right now, and so I think this game ultimately stays close. If this were under 3.5, if this were under the field goal, Zach, staying away from it. But I think the Dolphins, uh, with everything they have to play for and with the way that they've played over these last two months on that seven-game winning streak, they can keep it close against a team that just isn't built to uh, to run away from them. If the Dolphins end up, if the Titans, excuse me, end up covering this game, it's going to be along the lines of what you said, 20 to 10, something like that. They're not going to run away from them. And so the fact that this offense can't get totally away from Miami, that's why I like the Dolphins to at least keep this within a field goal and keep it a respectable, close relatively competitively played game. I'm going to go Dolphins plus three and a half against the Titans here. I'm just really quick. Let me throw it back at you for a sec. Since you said you would have gone the other way if you had six picks here. What about the Titans? uh, Has you liking them covering the three and a half? Well, I just think this Dolphins bubble has to burst, right? Um, Jalen Waddle looks good, but it's two are really struggled against the top defense the other night, and they haven't exactly played Murderer's Row, um, as we all know, in this seven-game win streak, right? So I just think that the Titans are a team that nobody wants to play in the playoffs, and I think the Dolphins are a team that people like you and me are praying they get in the playoffs so we can bet against them. So that that is my very true. that's as deep as it goes with that thinking right there. It's, that's very true, and this could easily be like Titans five and a half, six and a half point favorites if Derek Henry were healthy and they were playing that same way. And in that situation, I probably would like the Titans. I just I fear what this offense, uh, the lulls it can fall into, as we've seen over these last six seven weeks that they haven't had Derek Henry. Next, uh, let's move on to uh, two of the more high profile games. 
games of the weekend. Uh, I'm going to give you to you first another total for you. Rams and Ravens is the game we're going to look at here. The Rams are four and a half point favorites in this game. As we said, that is one of Vic's picks. Rams minus four and a half over the Ravens in Baltimore. The total, 46 and a half. What do you like in the total spot here? Yeah, I think the Rams almost get to that number themselves. Uh, I mean, the Ravens are you. down their top four corners, and that's not hyperbole. That's not new, except for Anthony Averett, right? They just can't stop you. I think uh, more than that, I think desperation leads to high-scoring games more than it leads to low-scoring games. Mm-hmm. I think there's an urgency here, obviously, for the Ravens. I don't think they're going to have Lamar back, but Huntley has proven himself more than capable. And I just think Matthew Stafford, with those receivers, I think they're going to score a bunch. I think the Ravens are going to match him to a certain point, and I think that this is really a touchdown too low on this total. Ooh, wow. Uh, this Rams minus 5.5 is my sixth pick. I, I love that pick. Uh, it's one that I probably will be playing this weekend. We all saw what Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati passing game did to Baltimore last week, and you know that was a you know that we haven't really seen that from Cincinnati all season. And, and Cincinnati's been winning games without being that high volume passing game that a lot of us thought they were going to be coming into the season. And then they have an opportunity to strike against a completely decimated secondary with that high level of passing game. And Joe Burrow ends up going out and throwing for 525 yards and four touchdowns, monster games from T Higgins. And um, and uh, Jamar Chase, I mean, just a huge game, a huge script that I think the Rams can replicate. So that would be my sixth pick. I'm going to a different game, a different favorite, though, for my second pick of this. And that's Packers minus seven against the Vikings. I will say that I initially penciled this in as Packers minus six and a half. Unfortunately, unfortunately for me, it has bumped up to seven on BetMGM. But they're just a far superior team to the Vikings, and I think that this is one where they should just be able to control things. Uh, When they last played, when they first played this season, this was a game in Minnesota, a game that the Packers did basically everything they wanted to do offensively, that they ultimately ended up losing 34-31. to But the Vikings had no answer for Aaron Rodgers, no answer for Devontae Adams, and I don't see why that is any different this time around. Vikings were a desperate team then. They're a desperate team now, but their desperation looks a little bit different considering all the help that they're going to need to get into the NFC bracket, the NFC side of the playoffs, and I just don't really see that happening. This is a game that the Packers can ultimately clinch home field advantage and that number one overall seed and the lone buy. I don't necessarily think they get it, and that hints at maybe one of my picks coming up a little bit later, but... I do think that the Packers, um, they've become one of my favorite don't-think-about-it-too-much teams this season. One of the top teams against the spread in the entire NFL. They've been covering spreads. They've been a cover machine week in and week out. And against a Vikings team that has depleted itself, I just don't really see this game being all that close. I like the Packers by more than a touchdown in this one. Let's move on to another game here, Zach, where we do both have the same game picked, although different picks. One of the biggest games, maybe the biggest game of the weekend, Chiefs and Bengals. Huge game in the AFC. This game in Cincinnati, but the Chiefs five-point favorites, the total 51 in this one, and it definitely could play to that script. Indeed, you are expecting it to play to that high-scoring script. You're going over the 51. Yeah, I like the over. Now, obviously, Burrow's not going to throw for 525 every week, right? But um, (laughs) you're seeing the maturation of a young star quarterback. You're seeing the maturation of a pretty good offense, right? And I think he's older than all those receivers, maybe not Tyler Boyd. Um, But this team is is finding its stride. Joe Mixon is having his best year, right? And, And I just think, I know the Chiefs have played well defensively, but they've also revved it up offensively. I think their midseason slump did them wonders, I think probably for Psyche and for how they operate offensively. Uh, they didn't have Tyreek Hill anywhere near 100% last week. They're going to have him back. They're going to have Kelsey back. Both teams want the game. 
I know both teams, the Bengals win the division if they get the game. Just going on a little bit on the desperation leads to, to points theory, but mostly on the skill level of these quarterbacks. Um, you know, I think it takes 34 or more to win this one, and I think it'll be a close game. So, therefore, over 51 uh, was, was one of the first ones to go on my sheet, Michael. Bengals plus five was one of the first ones to go on my sheet. We are of the same mind on this game. I think it, it's a high-scoring game. I think the two quarterbacks really carry this and that you know, that Burrow – that this is the game. Like we all know, Joe Burrow is great, and he had a good rookie year before the injury. He's had some really standout performances this season. Last week, really being the one that is chief among them. No pun intended. With that monster game against the Ravens, but now this is an opportunity for him to do it in a big spot late in the season, going up against a team that everyone knows is among Super Bowl favorites. Going up against Patrick Mahomes, I think this is a game where Joe Burrow plants his flag and says, you know, it's not just Patrick Mahomes and and Josh Allen for the next decade. And the AFC. I'm part of this discussion too. And makes the Bengals a year in, year out competitor because of just how good he is and the, the maturation, as you said, that we've seen from him really just in this season. I mean, there, this is a different Joe Burrow that we're seeing play now than the one we saw back in September. And so I think this is a close game. I think this is a very well played game. I think both offenses do what they want to do. And that this is another game that comes down to the very end, comes down to a field goal from one kicker or the other, ultimately winning this game. So I like the Bengals a lot, plus five. I think this is a game that is you know, never played outside one team having a, a seven-point lead. One team goes up 7 nothing, 14-7, 21-14, 24-17, something like that. But I think we're talking about this game being played in a one-score window all game long, and that Bengals offense really growing before our eyes. And just imagine what they can be when they get a consistent offensive line in front of Joe Burrow, maybe as soon as next year. But when that happens, I think we're going to be talking about the Bengals finding an entirely new level. Probably not going to be this season, but I think as soon as next season, we're talking about the Bengals as those perennial contenders that we already talk about the Chiefs and the Bills like. I think the Bengals put themselves there very soon, and I think this is an announcement game to the world that we are ultimately one of these comers in the AFC. I do think they keep this game close. You're on that same page too, right? You say you say you think this yeah, game stays absolutely. within the five. And I mean, listen, this is so important for their overall growth. This is a yeah. playoff game. It's in their home stadium. It's a playoff game on Sunday, right? Um, because if they don't, if they win it, they're they're in. And if they mm-hmm. don't, they have to go potentially to a winner takes all game next week. And and I think just for their overall growth, getting in would be great. It's going to go through Arrowhead eventually, right? Like right. Patrick Mahomes is not yes. going anywhere. <laughs> so. You know, to, for the way the season started, they had no expectations, and Burrow had that terrible game in Chicago, and to see the growth where it hasn't been easy. You know, they they lost the game that they shouldn't have lost to the Packers. Um, they went through that that stretch even in late November, early December, where they were flirting with first place and they couldn't get over the hump. And so now they they've built it. Now they can taste it. And these this is going to be great evaluation games and great maturation games because you look at all of those guys; they are young. They really are. And with room to grow, I think, on both sides, but specifically on that offensive line, this could be one of the top three offenses in the league next year, you know, Mm -hmm. and and for years to come, really. All right, two more picks for both of us. Let's go to a game that uh, does not exactly feature two playoff contenders. It's got one, but it doesn't quite have two. Patriots, 15.5-point favorites against the Jaguars. It's the biggest spread on the board this week. It's one of the biggest spreads that we've seen in quite some time over these last few weeks. We had that stretch in the middle of the season. We were we were getting multiple two-touchdown-plus spreads. We haven't seen one in a while. Now we get one here, Patriots and Jags. 15.5 points, again, is the line on this one at BetMGM, and you like the Patriots to take care of business. I normally wouldn't do it, Michael. This would be normally one glance at the line and walk away, mm-hmm. but I... I took a second glance and it said Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Yes, I'm in. This is a route. The Jags are awful. They've been done. They need to move on. They need to be done. They're they're not getting to ten to nine or ten points here. The Patriots are going to absolutely clobber them. They, the Jags might not score at all. And um, to get to you know to, to win by seventeen or more, lock me up. Patriots easy. I I I'm, I just don't see how this game is ever really a game. And you know this is something that you know beyond. The Jaguars and how bad they are. You know, the Patriots got to where they are this season by crushing bad teams. I was I had it in mind when we were talking about the Dolphins and the Titans, right? You said like we all know that the Dolphins haven't exactly gone through a murderer's row of teams on their seventh game winning streak, and that's absolutely true. And a fair amount of those games have actually been played within one score. The Patriots built up their cache of wins also by just beating up on bad teams, but they beat up on those bad teams. They were going in and beating these teams by three scores, four scores. They were just crushing. Right? The 54-13 against the Jets. Uh, there was a 25 nothing game against the Jets mixed in there. There was like a 23 nothing game against the Falcons in there. I mean, they were going out, and it was just never a game against these bad teams for the Patriots. So they have like eight wins worth of these dominant victories against bad teams. I think they add another one against the Jaguars this week. I had to get Cardinals and Cowboys in the show, Zach. This is this uh, is a yeah, that's you fair, know, right? It's on on paper. It should be a great game. I think the Cowboys take care of business. I, I mean, I, I I think that the you know the Cardinals are sort of a house of Cardinals at this point with what we've seen. Cowboys six point favorites in this game at home. And them too, like I talked about with the Packers, a cover machine. The top two cover teams in the NFC, uh, both teams uh, have uh, double-digit wins against the spread this season and double-digit actual wins. That's a mark of a very, very good team. And, you know, both of us were have been big Cardinals backers going all the way back to our Futures episodes in the summer. You and I have both loved this team all season, but... I think there's a lot of reason to be concerned about them heading into the playoffs. And depending on the matchup, would not be surprised to see them be a one and done. It could be if they don't end up coming back and, and taking the West away from the Rams. You're talking about going on the road to Tampa, to L.A. perhaps, maybe to Dallas, depending on what happens over these last couple of weeks. I just think we're going to look at a team that we thought maybe was a Super Bowl team a month ago and is going to be a one and done team. And I don't see any reason why it turns around for them this week against a really good Dallas team. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, the gravity that he carries in that offense is becoming very, very clear. I mean, there is just nothing really open for this team. There is no one making plays on the outside for Kyler Murray every time, uh, on the handful of times that he does drop in something nice. And I've got one in my head down the left sideline to Christian Kirk last week. They're dropping balls. I mean, everything is being put on so much pressure on this passing game, and, and they just can't stand up and deliver. And I think that the Cowboys on the other side are uh, really just clicking at this point going into uh, going into the playoffs, clicking on both sides of the ball. The defense looks really good. They're getting a ton of pressure on quarterbacks. Offense coming back to life a little bit. They've been able to sustain a really strong running game by getting Tony Pollard more and more and more involved. I think that this is just another check mark in the Cardinals slide and they ultimately go into the playoffs as a team reeling that no one has a ton of confidence in. I think this one gets ugly and the Cowboys end up winning by 14 or 17. Yeah, full confession last week, Vic and I spent a lot of time talking about trends and about trying to find late season faders and we circled the Cardinals in particular and Vic took the Colts. And, you know, we talked about it. And then on Saturday, I went ahead and I bet the Cardinals. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I still think that they still have really good players, right? And yes. and they should feel the desperation now of seeing it slip away because they've been down this road before. And they're not going to win on the road in an NFC wildcard game. They're just not, right? Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. But, yeah, I, I can't disagree with anything else you said. And it seems like it's trouble again uh, in paradise there. 
right, one more game apiece here. I'm going to throw my last one out first. I'm going to take the Lions plus seven over to the Seahawks. I'm not going to lie here. I, I didn't put too much thought into this one. It just came down to, again, the trend of da- uh, the Lions are 10-5 and five against the spread this season. And even in games that they've lost, they've been competitive in almost every single game that they have lost this season uh, with respect, you know, with the, the exception of, you know, some games against the Packers who have blown them out. But even against good teams, they have been competitive. They have put up fights. They have kept games close. They have a couple of decent wins under their belt this season. The Cardinals obviously spring to mind there. They're a team that has played almost every single team that they have played very well. The Seahawks are just not a good team. This is a team that is going to get blown up over the offseason. You lose a game at home to Nick Foles and the Chicago Bears, you should not be seven-point favorites against anyone in the NFL. And that's how the Seahawks find themselves this week. I just think the Lions are good enough to make this a game, and so I'll take the Lions plus seven. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Seattle is one of those maddening teams, right? I mean, look at Russell Wilson's numbers. He's The, the passing yards just aren't there. Even when they've started to run the ball late, the, the flow of the offense hasn't been there, and, mm-hmm. and they just lost a game to Nick Foles at home, as you mentioned, <laughs> in which they played well early and had the lead and all the ingredients for what should have been mm-hmm. a laugher, right? And they lose the game. So, um, you know, obviously being so far away from Seattle, I, I don't see them a ton. But right. the three or four times I've seen them in, in whole, uh, man, it's puzzling, and you wonder what the future of that franchise is, and I know a lot of people are wondering if Russell Wilson will be available via trade here in the yeah. coming months. Yeah, I think that the future of that franchise, I think, does not include Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson. It's going to be a very different look in Seattle next year. Bring us home, Zach, not only with the last game uh, of this week, the last game that we're picking for this entire show for the season, also the game that you will be at this week and the last game, almost certainly, that Ben Roethlisberger plays at Heinz Field. We've got Browns on the road favored by a field goal and a total of 41. Uh, Saw this one coming, another Browns game under for you. Yeah, so if you subscribe and you read my Browns work, I hope that you you find some deep analysis and you appreciate um, digging deeply. But I'm not going to go deep here. I'm just going <laughs> to give you the facts. The Browns are a terrible offense. The Browns are a really good defense. Um, it's going to be on a Monday night in January in Pittsburgh. It's going to be a balmy 28 degrees. You know, both teams, not, neither team is going to want to get fancy um, you know, both can't. teams are neither team to... can get fancy, right? Yeah, <laughs> forget right. about so, wanting to. <laughs> it's run the ball. It's ugly. The first meeting was fifteen ten, um, and frankly, no more than three or four points were left on the field. I think the strategy here for both sides is first to seventeen probably wins. This total allows first to twenty to win. I don't think that will matter. I think the Browns run it and have a little bit of success. Although I don't expect the Steelers to lay down. I think it's a close game. I think it's an ugly game. I think 17 wins it. I don't hate Vicks Browns minus three pick. I really don't. I just don't. I'm not sure I could go there. But under 41, 40 and a half, whatever it's danced around to this week, I really like it under. And let, let's close it out on another Browns under for the victory. <laughs> close it. I mean, it's just, it's it would be a perfect closeout, right? Another Browns <laughs> under. The last pick we make on this show. It's the last game of Week 17. Just it's a perfect, perfect way to close out this show. So I'm with you. I mean, these are two of the most bankable under teams in the NFL this season. I don't see any reason why uh, you would think it's not going to happen again when they get together on Monday night. Zach, that's going to do it, man. It has been a season. We are done. We are done with this season. Week 17 caps us here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, our Friday gambling edition. Uh, We hope all of you out there have had fun with us. We've had fun doing the show, talking through games from a gambling angle. It's been a lot of fun for us to get to do, so we hope that you have enjoyed it as well. And Zach, it's been great working with you, my friend. This has been uh, a lot of fun this year. 
you too. I'm sure somewhere along the playoffs we'll get together and share some numbers, hopefully some oh, winners. Yeah. So thanks to everybody who listened, who followed, and uh, hopefully we'll do even better next year. But let, let's finish with a with a win here and get get a make sure we're ahead on this season. Yeah, make sure we're ahead on the season. Three and two will do the trick for you. Four and one will do the trick for me. So that is what we are hoping for to wrap things up here in week 17. Again, we say thank you to all of you out there who have been with us all season long. Or even if this is just the first time you're checking us out, we thank you for listening as well. For Zach Jackson, for Vic Tafer, even though he's not here right now, I am Michael Beller. One last time for this season, signing off and saying happy betting. We'll talk to you soon. We'll